Hello, I'm Mark Dornan. This Hi. week, hi. <laughs> uh, this week we are going to be talking about house spirits broadly, um, which could obviously cover an awful lot of different things. So we had quite a lot of choices with what to look at. Our thoughts were that as we're all trapped in the house just now, it would be interesting to know whether or not there were any beings that might be trapped in the house with us and you know what they might be up to what their trap might be i think you're going to kick us off leslie with a type of house spirit that you've been looking at so would you like to to introduce yeah. that to us? so you might think of when i say the word brownie you might think of like little girls in uniforms doing <laughs> like helpful tasks or you might think of the delicious cake with certain ingredients you might want to add which, to be fair, if you ate quite a lot of that, you might start seeing these things. So, um, <laughs> the brownie is a, a traditional sort of Scot. It's a Scottish um, or nor in Northern England creature. Mostly a little sort of starts off as a, like it used to be like a two foot man, um, or sometimes it could be tall. But then they just sort of eventually, as the stories went on, they got smaller and smaller. And they're usually male. And they are either naked, they don't really wear anything, or they just wear rags. And they look like little dirty brown men, basically. Um, they tend to have wives, but you don't see them. So it's mostly males, um, which I find funny, because they're mostly famous for being little domestic helpers, like little fairy domestic helpers. So um, say you have a lot of work to do. Mostly, right, say if you like, lived on a farm or a croft back in the olden times, um, you've got a lot of like work to do around the like, cleaning, sewing, looking after animals. They would, you could attract a brownie and they would help you out. So basically they'll finish off some tasks that you're too tired to do when you go to bed. They'll, they'll tidy up things, they'll put things away, they'll clean up for you, make things nice and sparkly and clean. But if you piss off one of these brownies because they're very, very fickle, very like hard to please. A bit like people today, like you know, take offence at the slightest little thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> they really do. So, um, and what people tended to do to attract brownies is they would they would leave out like nice like bowls of milk for them or porridge, you know. But but if you if the brownie thought that you were giving them food as a way of payment for their hard work, then they would take offence to that because they, they just don't like the, they don't like being paid for their work for some reason. They just want they want to be 
um, appreciated as a sort of volunteer. So I have um, a really funny image of them in my head just being like <laughs> basically horrible, like really aggro-y people. Because yeah. <laughs> people today and then saying they don't like, like I can imagine in my head now a brownie being like, fuck off, I don't take charity from no one. Exactly, <laughs> even though they don't, they're really, really annoying. So like, <laughs> so it's like, how do you, how do you give them milk and cream without them thinking that it's payment? Like, it's, it's like, how can you win? So. <laughs> yeah, it's some sort of like, um, like philosophy logic problem. <laughs> and also um, another way to piss off a brownie is um, you shouldn't try and name the brownie. If you try and give it a pet name, you know, like Dobby, like, I don't know why, but my immediate thought was Louise. <laughs> Louise, anything. If you try and give him a name, he will get really annoyed at that, and he will fuck off and leave, and you'll never have, you'll probably never see him again. Um, which is a good way of getting rid of a brownie, I suppose, if you don't want them around anymore. But why would you not want them if he helps you out? You know, with your your task, or he could be one of those people where you know, like your house is messy. But you know where everything is, and then this goddamn brownie comes in, tidies it all, so you can't find anything anymore. God's sake. Um, another way of annoying a brownie is if you try and baptize it. So don't ever try and baptize the brownie because <laughs> they will not appreciate it. I think, <laughs> as general advice to people out there, like, don't, don't try and baptize anyone or anything <laughs> with <without laughs> It's quite rude. It's very rude. <laughs> Um, another way of annoying a brownie is if you right this this is where it links in with like sort of J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter, which annoys me because when I'm watching it, there's a character called Dobby, and Dobby is another word for a brownie. So Dobby is named after its own species, basically it doesn't have a name, but he's like this pathetic little ugly thing that's like a slave, like a house slave instead of a house spirit, which brownies aren't. They're not slaves. They're, they're very proud creatures who are quite the opposite. They're, they're very much volunteers. They're doing you a favour. So in the Harry Potter films, when Dobby is given an item of clothing, like a sock, for instance, that Harry Potter gives him, then that gives him his freedom. So how that links in with the brownies is if people in the, the olden times when they had brownies, or now even, would think, oh, well, the brownie doesn't wear any clothes or you know, I'll try and I'll maybe do something nice for him. I'll I'll make him a shirt and hand him a shirt. I'll leave out some clothes for him. But that is a bad thing because a the brownie will take offence at that because they, they don't like clothes. <laughs> or b the brownie will love it and take the clothes and then fuck off because he's got nothing. He's basically he's too good for that house now because he's got fancy clothes. So he buggers off and goes elsewhere. So by giving a by giving a brownie clothes, you either piss it off and it will might turn into a bog art, which I'll come to, or it'll just get too big for its boots and decide it's too fancy for your house and bugger off. Now you don't have anything helpful. So it's not a slave, it's not a pathetic thing. So by basically J.K. Rowling put Dobby in her films and turned the brownie into sort of an independent creature and turned it into a pathetic slave where if you give it clothes it'll, it, it, 
it'll, basically it'll go away. It will be free. What do you think of that, Mark? Um, I, I have a, a good few follow-up questions and points. Um, mm. what, what do their wives do? What, what, are, what, are the, what are the lady brownies up to? <laughs> I'm intrigued by the lady brownies. There's not a lot of information about lady brownies. It's mostly the men that go out and tidy up. So there have been stories about female brownies, but no, they're very rare. The, the only time you ever see a female brownie is if it's hanging about with its, its man that does all the work. So maybe the, the female brownies are just like, I don't know, desperate housewives or no not even housewives are just like kept women that enjoy themselves while the men go out to work Quite i feel like i'm thinking of them the opposite way because the men don't seem to be they, they don't want paid so it's almost like a hobby so in my head when you were about it i'm like the brownies are or the the lady brownies are like the the high-powered business women of the, the cryptozoological world so they're like out running businesses out making money and the men are at home bored, so they're like, oh, might as well just like go clean yeah, somebody's house. You're talking about magical creatures. They don't want money. They just they 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 just want to do as they please. They don't need money to live. You think about that. Oh. What what business does a <laughs> have you have you heard of this? <laughs> I really like the tone you said that in. <laughs> what business does a brownie have trying to run a bank? You're... Exactly. <laughs> also which takes me to harry potter as well like in the bank it's all run by goblins um which uh, people say that they, they look quite like jewish caricatures and you know because jewish jewish people are associated with money and banking and greed and stuff and that jk Rowling's a big anti-semite because she's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah shit on it <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm, I. I don't agree with that. I would say that I'm. I'm not a fan of the idea of J.K. I'm not a fan of the idea of anyone being an anti-Semite. To be fair, <laughs> like it's a fairly shitty thing to be. But no, I. I wouldn't agree. Um, because I always took the Harry Potter books to be a reading of like Voldemort was kind of a representation of Hitler. So therefore. All the mythical creatures were a representation of Jews in a positive. You know I know that sounds shit, but I really like Voldemort and good on him. <laughs> Go the man on. With no nose. Um, the, you know, Is that what you look for? With, yeah, he's annoyed with kids. Like, good. <laughs> <laughs> this. This is going to be a controversial statement because we're now in episode four and I feel like any mythical creature that you brought up so far, I've pretty much said I would bang them. I, I, I wouldn't bang Voldemort. I would bang Tom Revel. Tom. Come <laughs> 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 I can't really think what he looked like in the film. I can only think of Voldemort and I mean, you don't he's pasty. Tom Riddle? Not really. Kind of this young kind of guy with like dark curly hair. Did he have like big Hugh Grant vibes? Mm, I don't know, no, not really. Mm. More like Colin Firth. I wouldn't ban Colin Firth. Why not? I don't think Colin Firth's hot. Always get him and Colin Farrell muddled up. Colin Farrell's hot. No, he's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like, yeah, we're. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why Colin Firth isn't hot. He's not, he doesn't look like he's ever been near mud. His hair's too perfect. He's got quite a bland face. 
we're we're totally going off topic here. Yeah, that's nothing to do with brownies. Which Colin or evil magician would you ban? I could see Colin. Well, when I say he's dirty, I could see Colin Farrell playing a brownie because it is like dirty little brown men. Yeah. Scotland or Ireland. The Irish, um, the Irish brownies are a little bit nastier than the. I mean, I talk about high maintenance. I think the Irish ones are much more high maintenance than the, the Scottish brownies. So going back to the topic, if you piss off a brownie, basically give it clothes, try to baptise it, or even if like a brownie moves in and it gets along really well with your family, you don't piss it off, and then you eventually die and a new family comes in, the brownie will get really upset and turn into a bog art. So if you piss off a brownie enough, it will turn from a nice brownie, kind of dirty little man, to a really kind of malevolent, ugly spirit that turns evil. So it goes from being a helpful um, house spirit to a pissed off poltergeist type thing. So if you think of the film um, Insidious, where you Mm -hmm. see the little boy dancing about in the room, that's pretty much a bog art. Um, starts moving things, sort sort of like a gremlin as well. So it will be, it'll it'll start instead of tidying up, it will deliberately mess up your house. It will curse your animals, sometimes cause them to be ill, cause your family to be ill. It will make loads of noise, play tunes that you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Just like battering my cat and playing happy hardcore. I mean, that doesn't sound like the worst housemate ever. <laughs> It'll play happy hardcore. <laughs> or your cat. <laughs> Where you do get some um, brownies which are nice, like, they'll get pissed off because they particularly like animals, so they can look after your pets or your cattle or your, your um, livestock. But if you annoy them, then they'll get pissed off at you. They'll, look at, they'll still look out, out for the, the animals, but they'll piss you off because you've been mean to them. <laughs> And the animals. So, um, also, uh, what was another one I was thinking of? Brownies. Yeah, I found this funny. They don't like teetotalers. I mean, who does? <laughs> so, if you're a boring... So, basically, if you're a, like a vicar, you try and baptise it, and you tro- like uh, preach against alcohol, that'll piss off the brownie. Is... <laughs> Is that a brownie? <laughs> I feel like everything you've said so far is a description of Ronnie. Like, really small, tanned Scottish man, always covered in mud, doesn't like wearing clothes, (laughs) hates controllers, if you piss him off. I mean, once when I was younger, my dad did throw a shoe at the cat when he was drunk, so that fits in. And you know that my dad really likes, like, early 90s rave music. I think he might be, I think he might be a brownie. But does he um like get up at night while your mum's sleeping and tidy up the house? Yes, <laughs> regularly. In fact, it's like a constant argument where my mum will get up at two in the morning and be like, "Ronald, what the hell are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm just tidying the pots in." So yeah, also, and your it can be annoying when you said earlier it can be annoying like they can tidy stuff, but not in a way that you would want it. I. Yeah. Like, I hate when, I don't hate when my dad comes to visit. It's nice when he comes to visit. But one of my issues when he comes to visit is, like, 
for example, maybe like around Christmas time, they came to visit and my dad took all of the things in my bathroom. <laughs> he was in the toilet for ages. I thought he had like some sort of stomach problem. And then eventually when I went into the bathroom, he'd actually taken everything in the bathroom and basically realigned everything on, on all of the shelves in the bathroom. So it was like a small thing, a big thing, a small thing, a big thing with no logic to it whatsoever. And I was standing, staring at it, looking confused. And then he came in behind me and was like, so? And I was like, Ronnie, why have you moved all of my stuff? To which he went, fuck you, and stormed off. So I am pretty sure that he's a brownie. He must be a brownie, but because he gets offended at the slightest little things. I mean, he also, really well, does. then you know what to do to to sort that out. So next time he comes round, um, pay him with some nice cream, a bowl of cream or something, or I don't know what he likes, some roll ups, and say this is your payment, and he'll be like, "Fuck you, I'm not paying pay for this," and he'll go out the house and he'll go away, or give him like present him with a nice shirt. I mean, even at that, like remember when we were younger and my dad used to to mind before he had like his job that he's got now where he was training i don't know if you do remember that because i might have been before he he worked part-time as an a poster and carpet fitter and then we did meet in school he used to like a poster things or fit carpets for people as a favor and now that i'm now convinced that he has a brownie he he would so often come home and be like so i was around obviously everyone my dad knows is called jim because he's a scottish man in his 60s so he'd come home and be like, so I was round at Jim's and I fitted that carpet like I said that I would. And then the fucking arsehole said to me, there you go, I've bought you a wee bottle or something. Fucking joke. <laughs> you do that all the time. And my brothers and I would be like, I d- what? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> I can't believe my dad's been a brownie all this time and I'm only finding out now. See, there you go, you've caught him out. You know he's <laughs> Plus, he looks after your cats, um, and he's got he likes animals. True, um, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever try to baptize him? I mean, I'd like to see somebody try and baptize him. That would not go down well. <laughs> okay, he well, turn into a bogger. Yeah, so yeah, he could turn into a bogger at times if you piss him off enough. I'm sure your mum would probably understand that or yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so that's basically brownies in a nutshell Um, i quite like them i quite like the idea of them when i was discussing with my boyfriends about it when i was looking into them saying like i quite like i'd maybe like to try and attract a brownie to come in and tidy up for us now and again but then he says well no you don't want to take that chance because look how how quickly they're hard to please so they'll, they'll get offended at the slightest little thing. They'll probably turn into a bogart, knowing our luck. They <laughs> fucking get rid of them. Because when they're a bogart, even if you try and give them clothes, they're not a brownie anymore. So it doesn't matter what you do. The bogart will not go away. And it can stay in the household for generations. I mean, I don't want a bogart in my house. I agree with what David is saying. But <laughs> I'm really entertained <laughs> by the idea of, like, extra small, angry Scottish men just like stomping about your house being like, fuck you, try to give me a sock. We <laughs> <laughs> were trying to buy a house and it's like, well, oh, well, we didn't, you move in and then you're like, well, what we didn't mention is that there's a bogart that lives under the cover <laughs> of the stairs. Surely that would come up in the home report. 
No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that um, there should be, I don't know if this is true, but maybe in America, if there is a ghost or a poltergeist in a house, you have to put it in the home report, but I don't think that counts over here. Even I mean, if it was a murder house, are they allowed to say, well, by the way, this used to be a murder house. Like There was like 10 people murdered here in the 19th century. Are you okay with that? I don't know if they have to or not. I feel like they should. More so if there's a poltergeist in the house than if mm-hmm. it's a murder house. But either way, yeah, I feel like if your your house is going to be some sort of hotbed of ghostly activity. Like, I mean, I would move into a house that was haunted. But I feel like they have to let you know in advance. I don't know. Would you like a house spirit? Because I think it would be too much pressure on me to be, because I would have to be like nice to it all the time and I'd be walking on eggshells wondering, did I piss it off? Did I offend it? You know, like these woke people today who get offended at everything. Well, it's like thing. when I was younger, which is part of the reason that I suggested we look at these, I was obsessed with the idea of like having a house spirit. I went to, I don't know how old, I mean, I used to go and get mythology books out of the library all the time when I was a kid because I am a mythology geek. And I remember one of them had um, a section on kobolds. And I still remember, like, perfectly, I'll need to sketch it for you, the little picture they had, which was basically like this wee, like, stocky ginger guy with a massive beard. Yeah, it sounds like a brownie. Yeah, basically, they're like, so a kobold's like effectively a German brownie. And yeah, when I read about them, I was like, uh, I want a kobold. I feel like, though, not knowing much about brownies and you now having told me about brownies and bogarts, I would definitely opt for a kobold over and above a brownie because, in fact, well, I'll just go on and yammer on about kobolds and you can see what you think. Okay, yeah, well. Because I'm a bit more. Although, I, I mean, I did find your story really endearing. Even a bogger. Sorry, <laughs> don't worry. But no, I'd rather have a kobold. So. Kobolds uh, are part of the pre-Christian Germanic pagan custom. So they're a fairly old school idea in Germany. Um, we know that people in Germany believed in kobolds as far back as the 13th century, if not earlier. We know that they existed in 13th century customs because um, people, especially people who lived in peasant areas, used to carve effigies of their own personal kobolds in their houses as though they'd be like, look, Jim, I've carved this lovely image of you. Um, So we've got them going back to the 13th century. So we know that they're at least that old, but it's actually likely that they're even older. Um, and that they probably derived from Kotaloi, which is a Greek myth, but it's it's basically like you're saying, kobolds are very similar to brownies. Kobaloi are, again, they're basically the same thing. They're just the Greek version. Um, the Kobaloi lived with people who followed the god Dionysus, who was, as I'm sure most people know, the party god. So he was the god of like fun and wine yeah. music and just generally having a good time. So... The ancient Greeks believed that if you were a worshipper of Dionysus, then basically as a sort of benefit of being a worshipper of his, you would get a house spirit. So Dionysus would send a koboloi to live with you. And the koboloi were mischievous, fun-loving, little roguish creatures. 
And they were especially good, again, like you were saying about the brownies, if you were a farmer, you would want one to come and live with you because they'd help you out with your chores. So yeah. you might never actually see them, but same as what you were saying, once you fell asleep, like they would look after the livestock, they would finish the feeding of the animals, they would finish the sort of upkeep of barns and things like that. I was reading about when I was looking at the brownies, it, 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 they said it, they mentioned it went back as far as Roman times and they were called Larry. And, and funnily enough, I went to Pompeii in 2017 and they have pictures of like the larry on like a mural on the wall and they're sort of like yeah like house spirits like you were saying i don't know if they were related to dionysus but they were sort of like house servants in the form of spirits that would help around the house which is interesting how far back it goes yeah the fact that it seems to sort of wind through all cultures because obviously i'm willing to accept that any mythological creatures are real really convinces me (laughs) that they in fact, a real thing. Also, I found it really hard not to laugh when you said they're called the Larry. And <laughs> my mind is like, I come round to your house and I'm like, Leslie, who's that uh, tiny wee guy? And you're like, oh, it's just Larry. That's Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but they were female in Roman times, so they were male. <laughs> that also makes me happy because for some reason, the first name that popped into my head for our male brownie friend was Louise so <laughs> this is Louise and his lovely wife Larry break down gender norms <laughs> um, okay. so to go back to kobolds German people believed that there was three different types of kobolds there were work kobolds there were sea kobolds and there were household kobolds but I'm just going to look at the household kobolds because basically otherwise this would be nine hours long so they, th- they thought that kobolds were well-intentioned helpful, mischievous, short-tempered beings. So again, like you were saying about brownies, I quite like that combination of personality traits because they make them seem more human. They're not just like one thing, they're a mixed bag of things. And they believed that there were elemental creatures, so they exist in the form of air, fire, water, or earth, which, (laughs) have you seen Frozen 2? No. Okay, so... Obviously, because, as we all know, even if people say it's not true, the main character in Frozen is oh, yeah. lesbian. Oh, she's a lesbian? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, there's that. Basically, right, so when I originally watched um, Frozen, the first one, at okay. the end, I was like, she meant to be gay. So then I Googled it, and there's all of this, like, there's, all of these forums online and all of this sort of support online for the idea that Elsa is a lesbian. But then anyone I've tried to discuss it with, especially heterosexual people, have been quite dismissive of it as though that's insane, but it's, it's not just my reading of it. Anyway, I don't know how I'm going off on a tangent about Elsa being a lesbian. That's entirely unrelated in any way to what we're talking about. So, I can never podcast. <laughs> yes, we should do another podcast just called Elsa's a Lesbian. So... For anyone who's not seen Frozen 2, spoilers. But I th- they don't call them kobolds, but basically there are, as far as I can gather, kobolds in Frozen 2. So there are these creatures which, when they originally appear, are just... Like, one of them is air. Like, it's a gust of wind. One of them is a little ball of fire. One of them is water that rises up out of the water. And one of them is like a moving rock. So it's... But how do they relate to the house? Well, so 
those would be the or the ones featured in Frozen would be the work or the sea kobolds. But basically, they're all kind of the same thing. But German people believe that one of these kobolds they can basically shape shift, right? So let's say you got a kobold that was that was in the form of air, if it wanted to, it could take the form of a tiny person or a tiny animal, and then it could move into your house, which means you might think that you have, for example, mice, but actually you could have a family of kobolds living in your house. In Frozen, I think it's the, it's the fire, so the fire kobold, in order to basically travel around with one of the characters, takes the form of like a little gecko and sits on their shoulder, which is super cute. But that, again, is part of this kobold mythology. So they can shift from their natural form, which is elemental, to take the form of a wee person or a wee animal. And although, because, again, they can take the form of elements, so they might be in the form of water in a tank of water, or they might be in the form of air moving through the air, you might not see them, but you will see the effects of having them in your house. Okay. So the effects that you might see are kobolds, again, like brownies, they do your household chores. So if you, for example, have ever, ever thought, oh, I meant to clean the oven yesterday, and then you go look at it and you're like, that's already clean. I don't remember cleaning it. It's because a kobold did it. They also really like kids. So they'll quite often sing to your children or play with your children. But again, they would do this in the form of air. So if you have a child that's chatting to someone that you can't see, or if your child is slowly nodding off as though someone's singing them a nursery rhyme, According to German folklore, that would be because there's a kobold in the room, but it's in the form of air, so you can't see it, but the kid can, and they're communicating with it. (laughs) (laughs) You would also know if you had a kobold because they get hangry. Um, So if your kobold doesn't have access to food, they get really annoyed and they get really irritable. So instead of tidying up your stuff, they'll start hiding your stuff. So again, yeah, they don't they don't change form and they don't stay that way forever. Right. Like, feed them, they go back to normal. Again, kind of like gremlins, I suppose. Oh, no, wait, that's not the same as gremlins. No, <laughs> they get worse. <laughs> Did you feed a gremlin after midnight? Again, how soon after midnight? When does it count after midnight? So, I mean, when does it stop being... Because everything is after midnight, technically. Yeah, that's true. Does that mean they can't eat between midnight and noon, but they can eat between noon and midnight or does it mean they can't I don't eat know. The they never one, like, <laughs> or is it only just after midnight and then when it gets to like one o'clock in the morning it's fine or but that's after midnight so how do you are you supposed to police that i mean yeah they need more specific instructions no wonder the, the boy didn't look after them properly that wasn't very clear no um so if you don't feed your kobold or if you don't if they don't have access to food they won't turn into slimy toad-like monsters and start destroying your village but what they'll do is they'll hide your stuff so if you have ever like if you ever hung your keys up on your like hook on the way in your door and then they're not there when you go back later that's because a kobold is annoyed that you've not left food out for it they also um if they're annoyed really like to trip people up so if you ever fall over nothing it's not that you've actually fallen over nothing it's that a kobold's pissed off that you've not fed it anything, so it's deliberately tripping you over. What kind of food do they want to eat? Omelets. Are they vegetarian? Um, yeah, they seem to be like much like you were saying about brownies. They seem to really like animals, 
Um, so they like, and I'm, I'm going to come back to exactly what sort of foods attract them in a bit later, but it is all, they don't like meat stuff, so it's like omelettes, dairy products, basically. Yeah, yeah. cream, milk. We're not vegan, we are vegetarian. Yeah, that would make sense. So I've got a couple of examples of some um, famous kobolds, but before I go through them, what I just wanted to know what your general thoughts are on kobolds. Well, they seem like just like a nicer version, less less pernickety brownies, basically, a little bit. I mean, they just want to be fed, like where if you feed a brownie too much, they'll think that you're trying to pay them for the work, so they'll get pissed off and, and go away like Ronnie. What <laughs> <laughs> about it? Never come back. But yeah, um, the cobalt thing about hiding your stuff, if you're nice to them, do they bring your stuff back? Yeah, I mean, they won't. And again, I'm, I've got like a sort of set of instructions for how to get a cobalt to move into your house. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's not so much to do with being nice to them because if you weren't a nice person, they wouldn't come to live in your house in the first place. Like, they don't just live with anyone. It's, it is just to do with hunger because you have to be a sound enough character for them to want to live with you. So it's just if you forget to leave food somewhere they have access to it, then they'll get annoyed and start hiding your stuff and tripping you up. But yeah, once they've eaten, they'll go back to being sort of calm and sweet and they'll probably put your stuff back. Oh, they- that's nice. So they're not like brownies in in that way. They're a bit more reasonable and civilised than brownies. Yeah, <laughs> like they're mischievous, but in kind of a... <laughs> uh, they're a good laugh them way, rather than a... Yeah, do they... Like, fire to the vicar way. <laughs> do they have any objections to, like, teetotalers? Or are they not bothered? Um, I can't find anything to say that they, they have views one way or the other. They maybe 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 it says a lot about Scottish culture in that a Scottish sort of mythological creature like a brownie doesn't like people who don't drink because Scottish people tend to drink a lot. I suppose though it doesn't say that kobolds don't like people who don't drink, but they like people who party. And you know you're going to be pretty boring at a party if you don't at least have a couple of drinks. So I mean maybe. Again, though, it's not like they're going out injuring people for not drinking. Like, they might just be like, oh, I don't want to hang about with them. They're a bit boring. Yeah, which a brownie would do. They would just bugger off. They would just go away. They might turn into a bogart, though. Right, so what's the famous... Um, tell us about the famous cobalts. Okay, so famous cobalt number one is Goldmar the Gay Cobalt. Goldmar the Gay Cobalt? Is that his <laughs> yeah. actual official name? No. So the the folk tale's actually just called The Tale of Goldmar. But when I read it, I was like, okay, clearly, apparently this is the theme today. When I watched Frozen, I was like, clearly this is about a queer character. When I read the story of Goldmar, I thought, clearly this is about a queer character. Right, let me tell you the story and you'll 100% agree with me that, I mean, I have rewritten it to call him gay multiple times, but you'll agree with me that he's gay. So... Goldmar has been written about by Ludwig Uhland, the poet, and by Thomas, I think it's Kitely, it's not Knightley, Kitely, uh, who's an author, among many others. Uh, Goldmar was known to live with Neveling van Holdenburg on the banks of the River Ruhr in the 1400s. Goldmar and Nev were known to sleep in the same bed, and when asked about their relationship, they said that they were brother-in-laws, 
though neither had the sister or the wife. <laughs> That's just like 1400s talk for a gay couple, right? Why brother-in-law, so? <laughs> Why does that mean that just because you're brother-in-law, that means it's okay to sleep in the same bed together? It doesn't make sense. Well, I feel like... Why is your wife not... You know, pre, like, sort of 19... Well, actually, some places pre-now, <laughs> current now. But you know, kind of like you have all these weird old slang terms for being gay. Like, why did the two of you live together? Oh, we're just bachelors. And then somebody else being, uh, actually, they're friends of Dorothy. So I think the 1400s German slang for being a gay couple was their brother-in-laws. Right, fair enough. Because, okay. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, well, I don't understand. Um, so Goldmar seemed like a pretty cool guy. His hobbies were playing the harp, which, you know, again, I feel like all skilled harp players are clearly queer. Uh, he enjoyed dice games. Who doesn't? And his favourite hobby, which I feel like you would strongly agree with, was exposing the hypocrisy of the clergy. Yes. So he liked to spy on clergymen and find them doing things that they preached were wrong and then go around the village and tell everyone, like, oh, you know, what was that tube that lived next to Anna when we were younger? Cardinal O'Brien. So, like, he'd spy on Cardinal O'Brien and be like, so uh, you know that Cardinal O'Brien keeps talking about how gay people are going to hell, which obviously annoys me and my boyfriend, Nev. Well, turns out, when I was spying on Cardinal O'Brien, banging about nine men a night. So these were his hobbies. I love it. See, that's why I love brownies, because they hate the church. If you try and baptise them, they'll get pissed off. <laughs> it's clearly against anything dogmatic. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan of yeah these spirits being like I mean he was exposing the hypocrisy though so I feel like that implies if you were like a nice minister he'd spy on you and then come back and be like oh by the way like father he's he's cool I doubt he's fine sound guy everything he does is really nice he's not preaching about anything that I disagree with and you know what he's out there helping charity being a good lad but yeah you're Cardinal O'Brien's he's like (laughs) actually creepy bastard. So the story of Goldmar, it doesn't have a happy ending, just just to warn Aww. you before we get So Nev, Goldmar's boyfriend, said when people in the village asked him what, what living with Goldmar was like, he said, this bit is slightly odd, that his hands were cold but soft to the touch, which, I don't know, romantic, weird. And one of the men who lived in the village on hearing this longed to touch those hands. <laughs> I laughed when I read this, I laughed when I wrote it down, and now I'm laughing again. Um, So this man spent three years stalking Gomar and trying to catch him because he wanted his hands to himself. And one day, as you could imagine, we all would, Gomar snapped and killed his stalker. And then realising that now that he'd killed his stalker, people in the village might turn against him, he, in the night, left Nev a note telling him that he had to leave, and then he fled. And then, and then Nev never saw him again. Aww. I know, it's a sad end to their lovely relationship. There is some implication in the stories that kobolds are possibly immortal. So, I mean, Nev's dead, bad news, but yes. But, you know, he was a human being and he lived in the 1400s. But um, Gopar might still be out there somewhere cutting about. Maybe when Nev... his cold, soft hands. Well, don't start stalking him in order to do it, because... I mean, saying that, to be fair, it was three years worth of stalking. Like, I think if somebody stalks you for three years and you snap and kill them, fair dues. 
um, I've heard of a sort of brownie or a cobalt actually killing someone, so that's interesting. I again, and and some of the stuff that I want to chat about towards the end, I've got some more examples of um, cobalt murder. Okay, what's the next um, cobalt story you have? Okay, so famous cobalt number two is uh, a cobalt that I'm a hundred percent sure you will have heard of, but you might not have realised was a cobalt because I didn't realise until I started researching this. Is a uh, Robin Goodfellow. Robin Goodfellow, yeah, that guy. Yep. <laughs> Everyone knows him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sir Sidney Lee, the biographer and close friend of yours, believed from his research into Robin Hood that Robin Hood, also known as Robin Goodfellow, was oh. actually called Robin Goodfellow the Kobold. So, wait, are you saying that Robin Hood, the great English hero, is actually German? Yeah, so Robin Hood, the great English hero, from the research of historians who look into mythology, and especially from the research of Sir Sidney Lee, is not, in fact, British or a human being. He is, in fact, German and a kobold. So, evidence to back this up. Right. So, kobold is another word uh, for hideken, and hideken means hood. And the reason that they're similar words is because kobold, if you translate it into English, means small hood. So if you were to translate Robin Goodfellow's full name from German into English, then his name would be Robin Goodfellow the Small Hood. <laughs> abbreviates to Robin Hood. Um, as further evidence includes that in the early writings on Robin Hood, he actually is referred to as being Germanic. So as time's gone on, the myth's been edited to be all like he was the great British or English folk hero. But actually, in the early writings on him, which are now kind of ignored, it does state that he was Germanic, and that's the earliest writings going back. So if he were real, it seems like he was German. Robin lived in the woods, and kobolds who don't go to live in people's houses like to live in the woods because they're elemental spirits. Robin in the early writings is described as a sprite, which then later is retranslated into being sprightly, but actually to start off with was a sprite. Sprite, Sprightly, like just um, sort of bounding about in his tights. Yeah, so leaping about in tights, whereas actually that's not what the original story was. It was that he was a forest sprite. He helped farmers, as kobolds are wont to do. He was mischievous, as kobolds are. He was Mm -hmm. short-tempered, as kobolds are. And he had good intentions and he used his powers and skills specifically to help the peasant class. And if we look at the old Germanic tales, it was the peasant class that the kobolds wanted to help. So it seems like there's quite a good argument to say that, yeah, Robin Hood, not English, not human, German Sprite. So where does Maid Marion and the Sheriff of Nottingham come into this? Or is that just stuff that was added on by the English poets or the Anglo-Saxon poets at the time? Well, yeah, Maid Marion was added in later. And I suppose if she were real, could still be a human being because going back to the story of Goldmar, apparently sometimes kobolds do go out with people. And the Sheriff of Nottingham, again, if we listen to the story of Goldmar, Kobolds like to expose hypocrites, and the Sheriff of Nottingham was a hypocrite, so seems like Excellent. a good thing for a kobold to have. Excellent. I love it. 
<laughs> that's totally a whole new perspective on the Robin Hood story. And then also you said that they're elemental things that can change into like creatures. So then yeah. this is maybe the Robin Hood of the, the Disney film. Why I would explain why he's a fox. Yeah, it's maybe more accurate than we think because yeah, he could actually <laughs> turn into a fox if he wanted. Exactly. <laughs> So is there any more to that story, or is that just an example? No, that's all the evidence that um, Sir Sidney Lee gathered, but um, I'm on board with it. I think it's quite convincing. I mean, again, especially because he's saying the stuff about the early mythology, well, it, it does seem as though all of the early writings of Robin Hood it seems to be a kobold. It's only as time goes on that it's changed and changed and changed into what it is now. So it'd be like a kobold that doesn't live or reside in someone's house. He lives in forests. He's more of a free, free form, <laughs> independent cobalt. Yeah. So the sea cobalts obviously live in the sea, <laughs> without going into loads of detail. And work cobalts tend to live in workplaces. But this is going back to when workplaces were outside. So quite often, mm-hmm. your sea cobalts tend to be. The, the spirits that are made out of water and your work kobolds because they're outside and they're using fire tend to be your kobolds that are made out of fire or your kobolds that are made out of earth and then your kobolds that are, are known as your household kobolds the reason that they're quite often invisible is because they're quite often the kobolds that live in the forest which are the ones that would turn into wind they'd be like the wind moving through the trees so yeah a, an air kobold uh a woodland kobold, a forest kobold, a household kobold, they're all kind of the same thing. Um, and what's the, the third story? I've heard he's a real, real bastard. Okay, so... Not quite like... Toward the end, once we're sort of wrapping up, we're both going to give people tips on how to attract or repel these creatures. And people might be thinking from these stories, well, you would want to attract a, a kobold because they seem fun, they seem kind, they're going to bring goodness to your house... Robin Goodfellow, as we were discussing, is a bit of a socialist. Robin Goodfellow? How much nicer can you be? (laughs) I I would say if if you want a flatmate, you want to make sure that they definitely have like socialist leanings. So he sounds grand. However, I managed to find some writings on a kobold called uh, the Hidoken, which, as I was just saying, means the hoodie. Right, so, so you said he's a hoodie, as in a bad... <laughs> <laughs> His name translates to a hooded, but yeah, like, he's a hoodie better. He's a wee Ned. Um, kind of is, now that you've said that. He is basically, like, a swagger and wee Egypt. Okay, tell us more. So, uh, he was known as the Hidoken, and he lived with the Bishop of Hiddleshine in the church house. Now... Confusingly, he's considered to be a friend of the church and the people by the church. And I say confusingly, not because Christianity has a historical issue with paganism, which, to be fair, when I first looked at it before I got into the story, I thought, well, that's weird because if Christians are generally anti, or if the the church is generally anti-mythical creature, why would they be a fan of the Hadoken? But then as I read into it, I thought, actually, the, the more confusing reason that I've got for them saying well he's a friend of the church and he's a friend of the people is that he was an absolute bastard Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
that's not quoting directly from the tale. Because again, the, so what I'm going to tell you is the story exactly as it appears. It's the story exactly the way that it's reported in multiple myths. It's exactly the way it is in the writings of the church. But okay. it's presented okay. as a positive story, but it's clearly not. So in the story, he spied on the wife of a human friend while the human friend was away to another town on business. And in this time, he attacked all men who approached the house, right? So if the postman was walking up the path, ran out and broke his legs. If some guy was walking by, walking his dog, would run out and bite him in the ankles and start slapping him, right? Just <laughs> any guys that came near the house, right? So basically, I grew a wee tube for no reason. Then one friend returned to the village. He basically called his wife a slag despite the fact that she hadn't even seen another person while her husband was away because he wouldn't let her leave the house and kept attacking anyone who came anywhere near the house. Now, obviously, in your sort of late 1400s, people weren't using the term slag, but I'm going to, I'm going to quote what he says in the story, and I'm sure you'd agree that this is basically an old-fashioned way of saying she's a slag, right? Okay. He said, man, I'm glad you're back. I guarded your wife to keep her from adultery <laughs> through great and incessant toil. <laughs> and he then went on to say that <laughs> to keep his wife away from shagging randoms, that bit's not a quote, was more difficult than keeping all of the swine in Saxony from engaging in sex. <laughs> so he had excuse for attacking all the men that try and approach the, the house. As in, they're just not, they're not after his wife, they're just there to post letters or things, or maybe see her husband. Is that she's that much of a sexual deviant that it, it takes violence to stop her from seeing these guys? Yeah, like he was basically saying, let's face facts, your wife's an absolute skank. <laughs> <laughs> Remove all human beings from the situation, otherwise, she will mount. <laughs> And does actually basically say like a Randy Pig. <laughs> so what, well, he probably would probably try to have a go at her himself then. I mean, I feel like um, old exposing the hypocrisy Goldmar wouldn't be a fan because, yeah, I'm feeling like he's not a good guy. Um, <laughs> this isn't even the worst story about him. So, established okay. right, he, he's a slut shamer, he's violently aggressive for no reason, he's a gossip, he's He's not sex positive. He's just a generally bad guy. Then I read on <laughs> and found that even more insane story. So in one of the stories, when a toddler threw dirt at the Hadoken, he demanded that the little boy's mother give him into trouble. When she said to the Hadoken that basically he was being crazy, she said, he's only a little boy. He's too young to know what he's doing. I've told him to stop doing it, but there's nothing more I can do than that. He's just a toddler. The Hadoken screamed in her face, I'm afraid of him, and ran away. Right? So, wants to fight children, melodramatic little bitch. <laughs> Get worse. Later, when the family were asleep, the Hadoken crept into the little boy's bedroom, cut him into pieces, and then put him in the cook of the house's pot. Oh my god. Yeah. Again, friend of the church. <laughs> When the kid saw the little boy cut up in her pot, she ran to the church to ask the minister to exorcise 
this kobold and said, obviously, he's evil, we need to get rid of him. And instead of doing anything, the minister informed the kobold and the kobold dragged the cook off and drowned her in a moat. But why Why is the church endorsing this shit? <laughs> I have no idea. And I, I like, and I do have, in fact, I've got um, an interview with Martin Luther about kobolds, which I'll read to you in a second. But for the most part, the church seemed kind of either indifferent or fairly negative about kobolds. It's just this one kobold that they seem to favour, which is confusing because he's an he's not even an absolute bastard. He's evil. <laughs> he's going around <laughs> murdering, committing. So like, just, beca- just because this wee kid was throwing a wee bit of dirt about, he decides that it was a good idea to chop him up, put him in his mother's pot so that his mum becomes a cannibal and eats her own son and the church think that's fine? Apparently it's a, a reasonable punishment for somebody accidentally knocking mud on you, yeah. <laughs> and not only did the church think it's fine, but when somebody expresses their opinion that it's not fine, they support him in his drowning of that woman. Shocking. <laughs> not that Martin Luther was asked specifically about this kobold, but uh, Martin Luther was asked about kobolds and did have writings about them. Uh, he didn't at any point outright call them evil. As I said, it seems as though at least the Protestant church, there's no writings in the Catholic church on them, but the Protestant church seemed kind of indifferent for the most part to them. Um, but I would argue that, and remembering that, let, let's put the one bad kobold we've looked at out of our heads, because we can't judge all kobolds based on that one kobold. The rest of them seem pretty great. And it does seem to be the case that uh, Martin Luther was, in fact, a kobold racist because he said, according to Georgius Argonocalus's book De Antimibus, which um, has interviews with Luther in it, he said, kobolds might mimic men. They appear to laugh with glee and they pretend to do much, but we both know they do nothing. They are often called little miners, but they idle about and they do nothing. Sometimes... But rarely, I've known of them to throw pebbles at workmen. Um, And then asked, well, what do you think is best to do then, Martin? Uh, Martin Luther said, honestly, expel them. Expel them through casting them out or through prayer, but expel them. So other than this one murderous kobold, there did seem to be a a strong anti-kobold sentiment in the church. Yeah, well, maybe that's because the the kobolds expose them for their outright hypocrisy and shit stirring. I mean, yeah, the again the they have kobolds seem to be the kobolds seem to be again not anti-church, but yeah, they don't want they don't want the bad aspects of what goes on in the church. So yeah, maybe maybe Martin Luther wasn't that great a guy, and maybe that's why he had beef with the kobold. And maybe that other kobold is sort of like a brownie that is turned into a bogart because it hangs around evil so long that it's turned into one himself. I quite like that idea because it keeps the um, the kobolds like pure, nice wee guys. So maybe yeah, he was he was a brownie that was on holiday in Germany. They got muddled up because of the resemblance to kobolds, and he's <laughs> turned into a bogart and is just cutting around doing evil things. And again, for some reason, the church are like, "Logs, this guy's hilarious." Drowning women and cutting up kids. I mean, it's kind of doing the work for them that they did when they were, like, drowning women as witches. Yeah. And the whole um, push for 
honor thy mother and father no matter what thy mother and father do that you had in in the church in that point in time well i suppose not that it's your mother and father but it's disrespecting your elders to accidentally throw mud on them so so it's all right to cut you into small pieces and put you in a pot (laughs) doesn't make any sense i mean no but (laughs) but that's the only i'm going to say logic but i use that term loosely that i can um, pick up on from it I just left the image of the, the cobalt constantly running out the house, kicking fuck out of anyone who approaches the house. <laughs> <laughs> Claim that he was saving the what the man's wife's honour when he never asked for that in the first place. Since you called him a hoodie as well, I'm just imagining him being like a drunk wee Ned and like running out and hitting someone with his bottle of Bucky and being like, get away from here, pal, she's a slag, a slag. <laughs> <laughs> So um, that sort of brings us to um, how people would either attract or repel cobalts. So one interesting thing that I looked into, which um, when I went to visit you in Stranraer, I went to the local museum. And apart from all the sort of farming paraphernalia that they had, blah, blah, blah. The thing that I found most interesting in that museum is that they had like a, a magic sock. And on a cabinet, I was like, oh, a magic sock? What, what the hell is that? <laughs> so I read into it more, and it was a sock and a shoe that they'd found inside the built the walls or the roof of um, one of the buildings around Stranraer, one of the crofts or the, the farms, farmhouses. And it said it was, they believe it was put there to either ward off evil spirits or as I've read in, is to um, bless the house and attract spirits. So it's either one or the other, depending on your outlook. Um, And again, because clothes, it could be because clothes is associated with brownies. So if you offer a brownie a shoe or a bit of clothing, then that pisses them off, so they fuck off forever. So by hiding a shoe in your house, it stops um, brownies from coming into your house or on the other hand it could attract brownies so it depends on your outlook or what you believe i find that really interesting um basically to attract a brownie into your home and um, don't be a stingy person don't be a teetotaler and um don't be overly lazy so um, be a tidy person be kind to animals put out a bit of uh, just be really kind to nature basically and a a brownie will come to you and help you out but don't try and interact with it other than give it cream now and then found i mean fairly similar tips on what to do to kind of attract a cobalt into your house um so as i was saying earlier the and like you said they're like you have to be good natured so a cobalt would pick a family to live with that it thinks it'll get along with so if you are good natured and fun loving and helpful and a little bit mischievous and you want a cobalt to to move into your house then it's a good idea to take your family for a picnic in the woods and then if the cobalt is there because again they're you know your air spirits so they're moving about in the woods they might see you and think they seem like a nice family to live with and then follow you home uh, as i said earlier cobalts love omelets they're their favorite things so if you go for your picnic in the woods maybe bring an omelet with you and then leave a little serving of the omelet in the woods so that the kobo might eat it through the night and then if it really likes your omelet it might then 
track down your family and come to stay in your house because of sorry also i just remembered um there's you had a legend there's a myth about uh horseshoes so mm-hmm. if you hammer a horseshoe above your the roof of your house or above the door of your house or even inside above the fire or something that's like a little seat for a brownie oh <laughs> that makes me really happy yeah <laughs> so that's also another way of of inviting a brownie into your home is to provide it with a nice wee seat for it um i mean i'm a fan of that idea i'm just a fan again i'm i'm a big fan of these guys i think they're great um so once your kobold or your brownie or whatever creature has moved into your house because they are sometimes only active at night or because they might be made out of air it might be difficult to know for a fact whether they've moved in or not but i found some tips on how to know if the the creature you've invited to live in has uh, moved in so a kobold likes to check if it's safe to move in so it might put dirt in your milk or leave a pile of sawdust on your floor so if you have left your omelet in the woods right and you've invited your kobold to move in and you find that there's some mud in your milk, then drink your milk with the mud in it. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, they might go with the sawdust option. So, or if you find a pile of sawdust on your floor, just leave it where it is. Because these are both ways that kobolds say hi. So by you drinking the mud or ignoring the sawdust, that's you saying hi back. And you saying hi back means that it's fine for the kobold to live in your house and basically it will look after you and your family as long as it has access to food so from that point on just leave out a little serving of dinner for your kobold and quite often people will leave it on the windowsill or just out at the front of the door because they tend to be more active at night and again as we said earlier they are vegetarian so you might want to leave them omelette because it's their favorite or cream or milk just leave them out a little saucer of something and when you wake up in the morning it'll be gone because they'll have had their snack and they'll be happy for the rest of the day yay <laughs> but don't make them think it's payment i guess cobalt's don't they're not really arsed about that as long as they get fed but brownies if they think you're paying them to stay then they take offense and will bugger off or turn into a bogart <laughs> so i think i'd rather have a cobalt in the house than a brownie because they're just too high maintenance. Agreed. Hard, I mean, I like I, I like the sound of both, but yeah, if I had to choose, I would rather have a kobold living in my house as long as it's not that bastard <laughs> puritanical kobold. But um, taking him out of the mix, yeah, I'd much rather have a kobold staying in my house than a brownie. See, when you talk about <coughs> kobolds, it kind of makes me think of like German gnomes. Is there any link to them, or are they completely different? I don't know actually, but yeah, yeah now that you say that, that, we do have. Fishing rods. Yeah, they have a lot of gnome-like qualities, like they like to live in nature, and they are little short people, and they the men are quite often depicted as having big beards, and they're friendly, and they're lucky, and they're helpful. So yeah, I suppose there there, there must be some sort of link between gnomes and kobolds because they do seem so similar, but. But it's not something I looked into, so I could just be talking absolute rubbish. Yeah, you know? we should look into gnomes and um, trolls and stuff later on. Yeah. Well, I think that was quite um, a fun podcast about house spirits. And um, if you want to um, invite one into your home, then at your own risk, go ahead. But 
heed the warnings. Yeah, I mean, in these trying times, it's it's a nice idea to you know have a small creature move into your house and keep you company. Why not? And for the most part, they sound pretty great. So, so yay them. I don't know if I could sleep at night knowing there was a little thing wandering around the house tidying things up. I'd I mean, I think I'd sleep better. I'd like the idea that I could have a nap and get up and everything would be tidied and sorted. I mean, I do like eating eggs and I'm quite good at making it, so I suppose I could keep the, the cobalt happy by making a, a nice omelette now and then. I mean, that was kind of my thoughts all the way through it, is I'm like, they seem to have a fairly similar diet to me. They seem to be good chat. They're in your <laughs> even the meaner ones seem to have a similar personality to my dad and you know i lived with him for 21 years so <laughs> i could live with a, a brownie but yeah a kobold would be preferable so what is um i haven't really thought about this actually but what is our topic for next week's podcast what can people look forward to Ooh, fair question well i don't know if it, i mean i I, picked, I did pick house spirits didn't I? i've not gone mad yeah suggestion yeah so why do you suggest something what would you like me to research for next week i want to talk about urban myths urban legends um i'm into that okay excellent and and it could be modern urban legends or ancient urban legends a mixture of the two so let's research that and look into that next week fabulous i am already looking forward to it brilliant well that's that done for another episode of crystal myth hope you enjoyed listening you can like and subscribe on itunes or any of the podcast platforms that you like it's on spotify stitcher you can go on to buzzsprout which is our hosting site thanks to them and mark will be um creating a crystal myth instagram account soon and we'll have all the show notes on there um for any related topics that we've discussed yep um, it should be up and running soon. Um, hopefully, I'll give you the information on it in next week's episode. And yeah, it'll have uh, clips of different films and shows and so on that we've referenced. It'll have links to articles that we've referenced if you want to read things further. And obviously, it will have lots of pictures of Count Dracula. Yeah, and uh, or is it open to comments? What you um, Ah, uh, yes, why not? I will leave it open to comments. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Indeed, thank you for listening. Uh, shout out to Yasmin and oh, yeah. praise be to Samael and Lilith. Exactly. <laughs> praise <laughs> be. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Chris, so, man.